The readings today focus primarily on the good use of speech, talking about goodness in the heart, from the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks, so the goodness or evil manifest in the heart comes out in words when we speak. So there are three questions we should ask whenever we are engaging in speech. Why, when, and how? So first, the why. What is our goal when we open our mouth and speak? Two contraries are, is it to bring others to God, or is it more to bring others to us? And here's what I mean. Oftentimes, speech can become self-referential, or especially in the case of gossip, it might actually be something called triangulation, where person A goes to person B to complain about person C. This really, in the long term, hurts the reputation of person C, but person A and B have some sort of a bond against C. So it actually tries to establish some sort of relationship, even though this other person, person C, is being harmed. And for criticism, this is the wooden beam versus the splinter. So often the things that we call out in others, not coming from a place of charity, but actually frustration of seeing the same disorder in another that we see in ourselves can make us jump at that splinter in their eye when we actually have the worst fault in that same area. But what is the root of this conversation with others? Why do we often get the why wrong? And don't shoot the messenger on this, and this is only most of the time or some of the time, but maybe not all of the time, but what is the root cause of this misuse of speech when we get the why wrong? And I really do believe it's lack of our sense of self-worth. It's um, this underwhelming sense of self that really has at a root insecurity. What it is, is that I don't feel like I am worth enough, so I need to use my speech to draw close to others at the expense of another. Or I need to criticize another because I don't feel very good right now. So if I can tear someone else down, I'll feel better about myself. Do you see how the root cause looks like insecurity or a lack of a sense of self-worth? Yes? So, again, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So that's the, our why. Why do we speak? When do we open our mouths in speech? Now, the second question we should be asking is, when? And, of course, the answer to this is seldom. When should we speak? Seldom. There was an instance of St. Joan of Arc. In her story, she obviously, at the age of 17, became the entire general and master of the entire French nation army, which is an incredible feat not done by any man or woman before her, before her or since her. And one of the things she had to do, she alluded in a letter, that she would go see the king and would recognize him in any disguise. She would be able to find him, even though she had never met him or seen a picture of him. So she finally has an audience with the king, and she goes up and sees at the throne a man, and it's actually someone else dressed in the king's clothing. Then she searches through the crowd and finds someone dressed in very ordinary clothing and goes up to him and throws herself at his feet and says, My king, you are the one that I am here to serve. 
Now, she was right, of course, but she knew that the king, his courage, was completely lacking. She knew this. There were insecurity in his heart, and it actually stemmed from he had no idea if he was the rightful heir. There was another heir in England who claimed both England and France. So he was just tortured by this sense of, I might not even be the king of France. I might not even have the right of succession here. That was the one thing that tormented him. And St. Joan of Arc, because of her dialogue with the saints and angels, she knew exactly what this was. This is how she removed the great doubt in his mind, strengthened him, and proved that she was indeed sent from God. But this is the little dialogue that occurs about the great things that St. Joan of Arc knew in her lack of disclosing such secrets to others. I know the mystery, said Joan, with quiet confidence. I know it, and he knows it, the king, but no other but God. When I see him, I will tell him a secret that will drive away his trouble. Then he will hold up his head again. Now the person listening to her, I was miserable with curiosity to know what it was that she would tell him, but she did not say, and I did not expect she would. She was but a child, it is true, but she was not a chatterer to tell great matters and make herself important to little people. No, she was reserved and keeping to herself, as the truly great always do. She didn't disclose these great matters to those who are small. Truly, her greatness of spirit was so powerful and awesome that she only revealed the greatest matters to the greatest people. So in answering the question, when do we speak, the answer being seldom, we don't need to disclose all of our woes to everyone we come across. The truly great persons of the world, they recognize their woes and sufferings and persecutions, but they save that part of themselves only for the greatest people. They don't disclose everything, which actually shows how much greater than those things that they are. When we don't complain about all of the issues and all of the matters to other people we encounter, we actually show our mastery over those things because our greatness is so vast that nobody needs to know about this. This is between us and God and maybe one or two confidants. And that's the meaning of when we speak. Now finally, what about how do we speak? This last one's a little bit tricky. But we tend, as human beings, all of us, given our personalities, our upbringing, our insecurities, our wounds, our strengths, all those things, we tend to one of two different poles in our speech. We either tend towards empathy or we tend towards integrity. So what does empathy in speech mean? Empathy in speech means when we listen to another, that we take in their emotional life and their feelings, their emotional state, make it our own, and we desire to be very compliant. So take, for example, a friend is calling, and they tell you for the 30th time all of their woes, and they're the same sort of woes you've heard before, and you might have made suggestions and tried to get them to get to the root cause of the problem, but they continue to call you, and all they do is complain, and that's what the relationship has been reduced to. You love your friend, and you want them to get out of the situation, but they seem to be closed off to anything that you have to say. So your heart, your ears are listening, but 
your heart and your mind start to be closed off and resentment starts to build because they're just constantly dumping on you. Now, that's someone who tends toward the pole of empathy. Now, the opposite sort of pole is the one of integrity. It's where we're just really good at conflict and setting up boundaries to the point where we don't actually have vulnerability with another, where we just put our foot down and say, this is how it is, and you better do it. Now, obviously, in our relationships, we need both poles. We need empathy and integrity. So first, we need self-knowledge. Ask yourself the question, do I tend towards empathy where I want to relate and constantly give up ground to this other person? Or do I tend toward integrity where I don't share or empathize so much, but rather I'm, I'm firm most of the time? When you know this about yourself, you can begin to recognize those moments where you're tending toward your pull and try to have the opposite at the same time. And it'll take practice, but that's okay. All things worth doing are first worth doing badly, and then we get better at them, and then we can do them well. For example, if your seventh grader asks you to go to a sleepover and you kind of ask the normal questions, well, who's going to be there, and are the parents going to be supervising, etc.? all the good questions. Are you going anywhere else? What friends? All the things. And your son or daughter kind of looks down and away and knows that they're defeated, knowing that maybe the wrong people will be there or maybe there wouldn't be parent supervision. They say dejectedly, well, I don't see why that matters. And you know in your heart they've been waiting for this invitation. They've been waiting to be in this group of friends, and they're so excited to go and to be included. But you know that you can't do this without parental supervision. You have to have that firm boundary. So to relate to both at the same time, you say, I can see how excited you are, so that's the empathy, to go to your friend's house. And why don't we host a sleepover next weekend here with those same friends? Would that be all right? Or maybe we can go to a movie, plan something like that. And that's the boundary. That's when you're relating to their feelings, but you set up with integrity, we can't do this if there's no parent supervision. By doing both together, empathy and integrity, the how question of our speech becomes revealed. So again, whenever we open our mouths, I'm not saying we need to think about this every time, otherwise we'd be thinking about two minutes before we say anything, which actually wouldn't be a bad thing, but... When we open our mouths, we should be asking why. Is this to build up the person and lead them to God? Or is this because of my insecurities that I'm trying to bolster my own self-worth? And then we should ask when, which is seldom. So often we are most listened to when we speak least. We are most listened to when we speak least. And then third, how? Do I know if I tend toward empathy or integrity? And can I begin to exercise the opposite when I converse with others? So those questions, why, when, and how, are absolutely essential whenever we speak. And I wanted to close with this passage from Sirach 19. This was given to me by another parishioner. So, side note, I'm so edified by being with you because I've learned so much as a priest, even in scripture and in teaching of the church, all of these things, 
I've learned it from you, just in conversations. It is so edifying as a priest to encounter people who know the scriptures well in church teaching. In any case, I had never read this in Sirach 19 or never seen the significance, but this is just beautiful. This is what Sirach 19 has to say about speech. Never repeat a conversation and you will not lose anything at all. With a friend or foe, do not report it. Unless it would be a sin for you, do not disclose it. Have you heard a word? Let it die with you. Be brave. It will not make you burst. With such a word, a fool will suffer pangs like a woman in labor with a child. Like an arrow stuck in the flesh of the thigh, so is a word inside a fool. Pretty powerful words from Sirach. So we ask God to direct our speech and to have the strength to continue to ask the questions of why, when, and how in our speech so that truly the goodness within our souls, the wisdom that God has given us, may pour forth whenever we do speak and lead others to the glory of God and to the salvation of their soul.